Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. This week we've got a great speaker. Hope you enjoy it. Well, we made it. And I have to say one thing. Clara, Rana and Leah are the coolest teens I ever met. It's just those three, they... <laughs> the whole computer was messed up and they still were really like, oh, we're going to... No, no worries, no worries. And it's just amazing. So, and, um, well, that's kind of my ministry as well. I love teens anyway. They're amazing and they're ready for the gospel everywhere in the schools. And that's kind of what my job is. I'm going to explain more about that in, um, in my sermon. Um, you saw a video lately. I wanted to show that video as, as well, but I'm not going to do it twice. But um, Aaron and me were talking last week about how can we fund our project we're going to do a uh, lift in Dunfermline for a week. We're going into the schools with bands. Uh, we're going uh, to invite them to a show later on in the club in Dunfermline. And that's where we're going to preach the gospel. And uh, like the video said, we th- still need a thousand pounds. And I spoke with Aaron about it, like, what can we do? And we, well... Uh, Aaron had the idea of a fundraise, and I, I love the idea of this fundraise. Is if we can find like, what, like, 100 people who give 10 pounds, then we're, th- then the whole event is kind of covered, and it was just, it, it would be just so good if, if you have a spare 10 pounds left and you would invest it in our project. There are envelopes on your seats you can use for this. Um, uh, We're going to run this for a couple of weeks, so it's not only today, but please think, pray about this project and uh, if the Lord wants you to give some money to this project. So I also got here a partner pack. Um, I work for The Message. You can support The Message. Um, um, well, with a monthly amount, uh, we can talk about that. Um, you can also support our family, and uh, if you're like, oh wow, that would be great, I want to support that family, just after the sermon, come to me, or after the church service, come to me or to Miriam, and we will make an appointment to visit you for a, for a coffee or so. Um, well, I'm going to speak about. Nehemiah today and this is a very Nehemiah only the word is a very big big struggle for me because in Dutch it's Nehemia so I will say lots of times Nehemia I'm afraid so now you know why um, but I'm I try to practice on the Nehemiah thing so I'm trying to do my best in this so God gives you dreams of hope for his purpose that's kind of the subject of my of my sermon and it's kind of the subject of my life actually um, I found in my life with a difficult youth that that God gives dreams of hope and they come true if you believe that he's your savior and that he's the guy who is taking you um, on his path in your life and I I found that when I was very young and I had some struggles in life in my youth time, but of course, uh, well, later on I found Jesus again, and all my dreams I had came true, actually. And one of the dreams is not that I moved to Scotland, uh, although I love Scotland, but the dream is that I work for the message. I listened to a band called the Worldwide Message Tribe when I was 12 years old, 
And um, that band developed after 25 years into a very big organization called The Message. And when I was 12 years old, I was listening to this band and now I'm working for that band. And that's just so amazing that you're, as a 12 year old, as a teen, you can have dreams of hope that can actually happen. So dreams, I looked it up in a dictionary and I found, uh, well, two ways to explain what dreams are. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, I skip a sheet, uh, me, I'm sorry. So I'm going to do this sheet first. Dreams, the dictionary. Um, there are two uh, yeah, explanations of dreams in the dictionary. So one, of course, when you sleep, and you have Joseph who had a lot of dreams and dreams in a way like a series of events or images that had happened in your mind when you were sleeping. So Joseph had a lot of dreams who came true later and it was in images when he was sleeping and everybody has dreams. Everybody knows when I'm talking about dreams in your sleep, you know what I'm talking about. But the second explanation of um, dreams in the dictionary is something that you want to happen very much that's not very likely. Well, when I was 12 years old, I couldn't imagine that I was working with the same people who are in that band right now. I'm sitting with them, I'm having meetings with them to talk about how we can reach kids now with new bands. They have seven bands now, it's not only one band. So, as a 12 year old, I couldn't imagine that I would work with them and that I would tour with DJs all around the world and, and go into schools and do exactly what they did when I was 12 years old. And their music was amazing because I like dance music a lot. And I, 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 that's my job now. So I couldn't make that up. That was, a, that was really a, a hope that I had, but you know, it was like, like mm, that's not going to happen. But it did, for me it did happen. And I know for sure that you have some dreams and hopes for the future that you think it's not going to happen, but I'm sure it is going to happen. It's going to be maybe slightly different because I tried to DJ a lot and I did it and I still like it, but God showed me that I'm a better promoter and that I'm better in organizing events, so I started doing that. And, and I really love it. You know, and God knows what I love, so he only made the dream much better for me than it was already, this hope. It made it a lot better. And then I started to manage a band from America who had the same vision, the same heart for the message, and now I'm working for the message. So this hope really happened for me. So God gives you dreams of hope for his purpose. So if you, wanna, if you want to have something out of the Bible to explain that this is true, what I'm actually saying, then I have a very good example, and that's Nehemiah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did it. So, um, Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a, was a man of God, and sometimes God gives dreams. He gives the opportunity, and this person is living his dream, but it's not happening. Like uh, if, you, if you go to Ezra, uh, a chapter before Nehemiah, uh, actually it was one book in the old times. It was one book, it was Ezra Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah. So, uh, this is so, so 
Actually, it was one book. Um, but in Ezra, there were some people already who got the dream, who got a dream to build the temple in Jerusalem and build Jerusalem again. But it went all wrong. It went all wrong. And it ended up that a king, one of the kings, was kind of warned for the people of Israel and Judah that if they're going to rebuild Jerusalem, that it's going to be a very hard time for him because the people in Israel are hard people and they, they, they are very hard people. So he said, we're not going to build Jerusalem again. So to do this little bit of history, it's going to be, yeah, I, I can't explain the whole book of Ezra and Nehemiah in one. So I found a little video and there are some things in it that it's, it's quite funny and not totally true some things but i will explain later what, what which things they are but it's just funny and it's just, it's a bit of history so you know kind of what happened the book of nehemiah nehemiah finds out through a messenger that his homeland is in ruins huh? hundreds of years earlier the babylonians destroyed the city of jerusalem they tore down the temple and walls that protected the city and dragged the people away into captivity. Years went by with the Babylonians in charge until a powerful king in Persia named Cyrus attacked and defeated the Babylonians. As a result, Cyrus allowed the people of Israel to go back and rebuild their temple. Unfortunately, the Israelites once again turned their back and sinned against God. Meanwhile, King Cyrus dies and a new king is put into power. This new king boldly proclaims that there will never be a wall built around the city of Jerusalem again. It appears the Israelites have missed their window of opportunity. Nehemiah is the cupbearer to this king. Cupbearer meaning prime minister, bodyguard, and second in command. Nehemiah hears of his people's plight and his heart breaks. So he takes a risk and asks the king if he can go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The hand of God was upon Nehemiah. So the king granted his request. And after five months, Nehemiah travels to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. When he gets there, he surveys the situation for three days and then makes a speech to the people of Jerusalem. Well, the most important thing is, well, it started with somebody told Nehemiah that the Jerusalem was turned down, but it was actually his brothers but we're coming there in a minute and he wasn't the guard he was a minister later on but at the moment when he came to the king to ask for his favor he wasn't a minister he was the cup barrier <laughs> it was a really funny picture i think it was slightly different than that but uh, it was quite funny um and i don't think he jumped that high so <laughs> those things are not totally true so um, Nehemiah. So we're going to read. Uh, I, I made, by the way, this. Uh, I used the app, the U version app, so you can read the verses in the Bible with the U version app. Uh, so you can go to the gathering here in the Vine and you can see all the videos I used and the pictures and stuff like that, and also um, the text from the Bible. So uh, the first uh, part I want to read is from Nehemiah 1 verse 3 and what happened is that um, there were some people already living in Jerusalem over the, uh, at that moment the, the people of uh, Israel were taken as captives and they were spread out all over the world 
because they were sinners and, and God, they had sinned against God and God had said, if you're going to sin against me, uh, we're going to take you captive and you're going to be spread out all over the world. And actually that happened. There were 12 uh, tribes uh, of Israel and after they returned from captivity, there were only two or three left from all the tribes. And so God made his promise true. And it was not a very nice promise at that moment, but it happened. But there were some people already who were allowed to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, uh, like you saw in the movie. Um, um, but it went wrong. And also the, the, um, the, the king of those days said, there's going to be no wall around Jerusalem again. So no wall again. There was a law, no wall again. There's not going to be a wall again. It's a law, it's done, it's not going to happen. No rest restoration of Jerusalem anymore. But Nehemiah saw his brothers and they just came back from Jerusalem and he came to them and he said, hey, how you doing? It's quite Scottish, isn't it? How you doing? <laughs> What's happening? So, um, he said to, uh, to his brothers, how's Jerusalem? So they asked him, or they said to him, well, it's not good. All the walls were on fire, it's demolished, it's, it's bad, it's very bad. And the people, our are, are, are people are, are really in a bad position. It's really bad. And then this happened. Well, his brothers came to him and they, say, they said to me, those who survived the exile and are back um, in the province, are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates has been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the Lord, for before the God of heaven. He started to mourn. He started to cry. He started to fast. He went down on his knees and he was like, God, I know we, we, we are sinners. But please restore Jerusalem. Please, my people. And this is where God touched his heart, stirred his heart. And there was a hope of something that would never happen. Jerusalem was not going to be built again. The walls, walls were down and they stayed down. That's what the king had said. These days there was a new king and there was a slightly small dream in Nehemiah's heart. But it was an impossible dream, totally impossible. How can we rebuild the walls of Jerusalem? We can't, we can't. But he had a great position. He was the cup bearer of the king. So, there was only one person who could make a decision about this wall in Jerusalem, but there was a new king. But this law was there, and this king needed to respect that law of the former kings as well. So he started to mourn about that, like, God, is this not really ne never going to happen again? Are we never going to rebuild Jerusalem again? If, is it done right now? And he did it for days and he fasted. Can you do the next slide, please? Then 
later on in Nehemiah 2, there was the opportunity. But it was kind of not done to speak to the king. To be honest, it would be your dad. You won't speak to the king if he, until he asks you to. But he was only a cup barrier. He brought the wine. He gave some coffee or whatever. I don't know. But that's what he did. That's it, you know. His position wasn't very big. He wasn't a minister at that moment, another security guy, guard. Later on, he, was, he had a very good position, but at that moment, he was only the Cabaria. So he went to his job, and in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when the wine was brought to him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been... So sad, uh, I have not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face so look so sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of our heart. And I was very much afraid. Why was he afraid? Because it could be his death if he would talk to the king. So he was very much afraid. He was scared to death. He was really, really afraid. If, if, what's going to happen? If I'm going to speak right now, will he sentence me to a death? Will, will, will he throw me into a jail? Will he throw me in jail if, if, I, share, if I share my dream? What will happen? He was scared to death. He was really, really, really scared. Could you do the next sheet? But he made a he made a decision. He would he was like in a flash second he had to decide what to do. And in a flash second he said, Okay, God, help me with this. And I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when my city where my ancestors and are buried in lies and ruins and its gates has been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the Lord. So quick prayer prayers, <laughs> they are there. <laughs> this was a very quick prayer because he couldn't let the king wait for his answer. So I don't think he said, oh, wait, I have to pray now. I come back in half an hour. No, it's not possible. He did a very, 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 very quick prayer. Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Wow, what a courage. What a courage had this guy. It's just amazing. How? I don't know if I had the... Well, if I could do it, I don't know. You know, I, I, he must be very afraid, and he was waiting for his answer. And I'm not going to read the whole verse, but do you know what his answer was? He said yes. But the beautiful thing is, he said even a lot more. He said, what do you need? That was a new challenge. What do you need? He's asking me something again. I need to answer again. <laughs> I think he did a quick prayer again. 
And then he said, I need carpenters, I need guards, I need visas, I need, I need lots of stuff. You can read it all in Nehemiah. So, uh, in the second chapter. But it, it's a long list. It's actually a long list. It's kind of the same if I have a millionaire as a supporter of 10 pounds a month and I'm going there, oh, I need more. And I want your car. I think I need your house as well. <laughs> it's something like that, you know? It's like, whoo. But he did it. And he asked for it. And do you know what the king said? I give it all. Because he had the favor, like it said in this verse, he had the favor. And favor is a big thing. What we need as Christians in Acts 2, it's saying that favor is a very important thing in community work we do. If we do a lot of community work here in Dunfermline and in the Vine and in the schools and everywhere, we get favor. And when we get favor, Acts 2 is saying the last line, the Lord will add to the number who are willing be, who will be saved. So favor is a very interesting and very important topic in the Bible. And for me, Acts 2 is really like one of the, one of the things that got me here in Scotland. And, and also Nehemiah is one of the things that got me here because I had a dream. At that moment, I wasn't thinking about the message because that was not done. It was not done for me. Work for the message, come on. <laughs> You're not going to work for the message. It's, it, it, it didn't came even in my mind. It was just a no-go. And I, I, five years ago, I started working with Transform DJs and I, I've been with them all over the place. I've been here a lot. This is where, that's where my, my, heart, my, my heart was stirred by God and touched by God. And somehow I, I drove around the city and I mourned as well, like, oh man, there's so many people who need to be saved as well as in my town as is in, here in Dunfermline. And God stirred my heart because Dunfermline is also like a forgotten place, you know. It's not Glasgow, it's not Edinburgh, it's just five, five. And I lived in a place like that in the Netherlands as well. But I had a dream for that place. Like God is going to work in mysterious ways. That's what he's saying in the Bible. So I believed it. I once was here and I didn't believe it. And Jimmy came all the time to me when we had, when we had a concert here. He, he was like everywhere. It was just, you got to believe it, Oko. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was just walking somewhere and he was coming up again. You got to believe it, Alco. You got to believe it. Like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's good, it's good. And everywhere he went up, like, you got to believe it. Yeah, I know, I know. I got to believe it. I got to believe it. And I started to believe that I was living my dream. And after that concert, actually, the DJs asked me to be their manager. And I started traveling all over the place, much further. I was also a prophecy of Jimmy and Aaron. The first time I came here three years ago after the sermon, Aaron and, and, and Jimmy came up and they said, you're going to be like a grasshopper all over the world. Two months later, Tim was in a club called the Grasshopper. <laughs> a few months later, I was in America, I went to Canada, and I was like a grasshopper. And I, 
I, I, I never saw a plane from the inside out for four years ago, and now I can't count the planes anymore. So I've been crash hopping all of the place lately. So it all happened. All those things, even even a plane thing, I was like, I'm not going to be in a plane. It's way too expensive for me. I can't pay that stuff. But it, it, it all happened. All my dreams came true. All the things that I thought it's not going to happen, it came true. And then here in Scotland, on one day, I met the manager of the message Scotland. We started talking. We made an appointment here in the Vine in one of the rooms. And to make a long story very short, he asked me to work for the message. But no fundings. No fundings at all. So sometimes it, it looked like a bubble, you know, and it splashed like, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to move to Scotland. We're not going to make this happen. I can't. I just can't. I don't know how. And especially the moment when they said you have to live on support. <laughs> if you said that to me five years ago, you're going to raise support for yourself. You're going to live with sponsor money. I was like, you're, you're nuts. You're crazy. That's not going to happen. But I'm here now standing before you and I live on support. And God has been so, so good to me. He's been amazingly good to me. My dream, my Nehemiah dream came through. And God gave me all the provisions. I had a great church that supports me, divine church. I had great friends who support me, Tim. Steve Chalmers from Heart and Sound and lots of other people. And I felt always supported over here. And the people in the Netherlands, they, the, once Aaron came over and Tim came over with Melanie. And all the people in the Netherlands saw that this wasn't a dream. Just a dream to, to go to a beautiful country and move up there because the hills are so beautiful. And we don't have hills in the Netherlands. It wasn't about that. They saw it. They saw it was legit. They saw it was real. They saw that the need in the inferno was high and, and in Scotland that they needed schools work because there was no schools workers all. So God provided everything through prayer and stepping out because, like I said three years ago, we can't wait, we can't wait for the move of God because we are the move of God. You know, you have to step out. You have to do something. Nothing's going to happen if we're going to warm up the chairs up here. That's what I said three years ago. And I'm, I'm still like that. Nothing's going to happen if we're going to sit still. And I think, to be honest, that there are dreams in your heart like, like I had. And I, I'm just... Uh, Simple boy from the north, living in a place with less than 30,000 people. The average people, how do you call it? Um, they, they, they don't earn a lot of money. It's, it's, it's kind of an explored, of exploited area where they fracked all the gas out of the ground and everybody is disappointed and grumpy and I was raised up there 
And because this culture was there, they said a dime is never going to be a dollar. That's, that's, that was a saying in the Netherlands. And that's what, what you believe. If you live there, you're not going to be a dollar, you stay a dime. And I think a lot of people here are thinking, I'm going to stay a pence and never could become this pound in God's kingdom. But I tell you, he has this plan. He has this plan for you. And you better grab it. You, you better take your hand up and say, God, take my hand and lead me to this, to this dream you have. Maybe it's not totally clear for you right now, but there is a dream. And you know what this dream is. And he can help you out making this dream a lot more clear for you. We started fasting the moment we heard that, well, we felt that God called us to the firm. And it was a week after my mom died. I was here, my mom died, I had to do a sermon two days after the funeral. We came home, we looked at each other, we said, God is calling us to Dunfermline, what should we do? Nehemiah fasted, we fasted as well. And at first I was like, man, what a hunger, and you know, and at the end of the day, this is it. Let's order some shawarma. <laughs> and I was like, nothing's happening, no. You know what it is in this society we want everything now you know we start in the youtube channel and it has to be successful and tomorrow i want to have 100,000 subscribers if not i'm going to quit i got to start a business and if it's not running 1,000 pounds each week next month i'm going to quit it you know it's not working out no no we don't have the patience anymore and i saw that god had a lot of patience with us last year he did sell our house we put our house on the market nothing happened nothing happened everybody sold their house uh, sold the houses around this us and nothing happened nothing nothing happened and the moment we started fasting praying and, and, and believing, having this faith again, boom. In one weekend, seven viewers, and we sold the house. God sold the house, actually. So it's going to happen, and it's going to take a while. It's not today. Maybe, sometimes he does. Sometimes he, he's giving you this dream today, and boom, it's going to happen tomorrow. And in this society, ooh, that will work. But... I think I want to be an example that God needs some timing. We were here two years ago when this start dream of moving to Scotland was, 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 well, when God stirred our heart to move to Scotland two years ago. I think from today, two weeks or so, it's two years ago. And now we're here. After one and a half year, we had the opportunity to move. So it took one and a half year. Do you have this patience with God to fulfill your dream in his kingdom? Do you have that patient? Or do you want to have it now? Like everybody, now. Just tweet it and tomorrow you have it. No, it's not going to happen. Online fundraise, tomorrow a thousand pound. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Do you have this patient that God is going to develop this dream in your heart and that it, it's going to happen? Do you have faith for this? I do. I really do. I really do believe that this example of Nehemiah is still living and actual. It's today. It is today. But do you believe it? I think there's so much distractions today in life that you think today, yes, yes, this is going to happen. This is a great sermon and it's going to happen today. 
And God, I'm going to be patient, but tomorrow there's a distraction, maybe something in your life, like sickness in your family or whatever, and your focus is gone. And you forget about what I'm going to ask in a few minutes. Because I do think God has a dream for you. And I do think you need to focus. I do think fasting is a good thing. I don't say you have to, but I think it's a good thing. But especially prayer. Prayer, so important. Prayer. And I'm not the best example of a Christian. I'm not like on my knees all day. And I'm not fasting every week. I did it maybe four times now since, since two years. So, and you know what? It doesn't matter what I do. It's about you guys. My dream is my dream. Your dream is your dream. And I do know God has a dream for you. There were some people in the time of Ezra, the book before Nehemiah, that, that, that they had a dream to rebuild the temple, but they started arguing and it all went wrong. So all distractions in life with Twitter and all social media thing, and I'm on it as well, but it can distract you on the focus of life that God has for you. He has a plan for you. A plan f for prosper and stuff like that. He, but, but he also, well, it's not always, always going to be prosper. It's also a lot of hard work, you know. I can evangelize here and say God is going to make your life perfect. He's not. It's going to be hard. That's also in the Bible. It's going to be a struggle. But it's a good struggle and I love it. So far, I love it to live on support money. I really love it. It's a struggle, but I love it. Because I see God working. I see God working in mir miraculous ways. In the moments we need money, there's money. We wanted to go with Christmas to, to our family. We didn't have the money. I prayed for it and I, I thought, okay, we are so homesick right now. Maybe we have to stay and just go through this. That we actually live now in Scotland that we can't go back. We have to go through this. And that's it. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And then my uncle rang me up and he said, I have some money here for you because we want to have you here to celebrate New Year's Eve. Those things are happening right now. You know, life is a struggle with God. Life is a struggle when you accept Jesus in your life. It's not going to be perfect. There are going to be family members who are going to die or going to be sick and uh, whatever. Those things happen in life. It's still going to happen. But God is a good God. He is good for me. You know, there's one person who wants to steal your joy. I'm not going to let him steal my joy again. How about you guys? If you're in the joy, you're going to see this dream that God has with your life. And before I'm, I'm going to come back on this question. Do you believe in this dream? In just two minutes or so from now. And I want to think... I wanna, want you to think about it right now. If there's something in your mind that you think it's not going to happen, but you wish it would, just think about that. But there are also some persons over here um, Is it already on, may I? But there are also some people here who don't believe in Jesus Christ at all. Or are like, <laughs> great story, great example. 
but I'm a pants, it is not going to happen to me. Great guy, great story, great sermon, but it's got not going to happen to me. I'm not going to be that pound. I'm not going to be a, from a penny to a pound. Well, it is going to happen. And it's there. God is doing this. God, two years ago, this music was on on the funeral of my mom. That funeral was the most evangelistic funeral ever. People really saw that Jesus was alive. And I still do know Jesus is alive. And this morning I had a picture on my mind I wanted to share before I'm going to this dream again. The whole week there was something under my nail and I hurt. It hurted a lot from the inside out. My there was actually a heartbeat in my thumb, you know? Have you ever had that? It was an infection, it was a heartbeat in my thumb. Because from the inside out, it was swollen and it was affected, infected. There was a lot of, lot of filthy stuff under my nail and it had to get out. Well, I was like, oh no, it's okay. It will, it will eventually, you know? Then I got my nail clipper and, and it all went out. It sounds gross, this. But I had to feel to share this with you this morning because there are a lot of people here right now on this moment whose heart are going to beat right now, like that thumb. This heart is going to beat right now. And they feel that the Holy Spirit is here because He is here in this moment. And I tell you, that's the Holy Spirit that's going to make your heart beat right now. From the inside out, it's going to beat really hard. But there is also a lot of rubbish and filthiness and shamed stuff you have stuff you 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 are ashamed of stuff you did before stuff that affects your dream stuff that's that stuff that's going to stop your dream any dream maybe it's just a job and this stuff from the inside out it's so filthy but it want to come out but it come, can come out maybe, but where did you go? Where do you have to go with all this filthy stuff? With all these things, all this stuff that happened in your life that you're so ashamed of, that you, that you regret? Well, I can tell you, Jesus, He died on a cross for all that filthy stuff. And if you accept Him in your life, there's all this filthy stuff is coming out and you have some time to heal. You're going to heal after that. And you need some time to heal. But there's one thing I want to ask you right now. If everybody wants to close their eyes right now and bow their heads. Are there any persons here right now that they feel that their heart is beating right now and that they really need this filthy stuff out and they need a savior for this stuff? A savior is going to say, give it to me. Give it to me. Imagine a lake in your, in your mind. And in this lake, there's a big sign. It's not allowed to fish here. And God, Jesus, His Son, is saying to you right now, give all this stuff to me and I'm going to throw it in that lake and nobody's going to fish it to it. Nobody can fish it. Fish it up. It's there in the lake and it's, it's, it's gone. And now it's time for healing. And I want to heal you today. Are there people who are willing to accept Jesus in their life right now please put your hand up if you if you 
want to do that or just say it in your heart, awesome. Are there more people here who are stirred right now to follow Jesus? Thank you, Lord. And it's not a sign to me, it's a sign not to above. Actually, I want to ask you if you want to stand up because you're, then you're a little closer to heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for these persons that they want to give their life to you, Lord, and want to bless these persons in Jesus' name. Thank you, name your Lord. I thank you for your blood that you, that you are saying, I died for you. And throw all these rubbish stuff in a lake. And you're free now. You're free to live with me now. There are also people here in this room who want to follow this dream and discover this dream. And I'm going to ask you if you want to stand up right now. If you want to follow a dream that God is going to give you. If you don't know about this dream, God will show you this dream in a couple of months, weeks, years maybe. But He's going to show you. Take the courage to stand up and be a little bit closer to God so He can give you this dream. He can stir your, stir your heart to make this dream possible. He did it with me. He can do it with you. Thank you, Lord, for all these people who are going to stand up and they want they want a dream in their heart, Lord, with you in it. And there are also some people here, Lord, who you already gave a dream. I want to ask you, bless this dream in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, and develop it, Lord. Lord, that your kingdom is going to be built in Scotland, in Dunfermline, Lord. I want to thank you for this moment that so many people decided to follow your dream, Lord. That so many people want to follow you, Lord. And that so many people want to know what your cause is, is with their life, in, the, in, in their lives, Lord. I want to thank you for that. And thank you that you're going to work in them. And give them words and maybe people to speak. To, to make... To make clear what the dream actually is and what steps they need to take God made you on purpose for purpose thank you Lord in Jesus name Amen